everybody and welcome to Generation Broadway. My name is Jillian Kidd. I am your host. Um, I am so, I want to start off by saying I am so, so, so excited to be here and be doing this. It's been a long time goal of mine to make a podcast, so I am really excited and I'm looking forward to all the awesome things I can do with this. Um, So really, I just want to start off by talking about what I want the show to look like. Uh, So yeah, it's really just a show. It's a weekly podcast where I am talking about kind of all things Broadway. That can include new shows, movie adaptations, reviews, dreamcasts, and any other things that I can think of. It's really basically just me saying my opinion about news in the Broadway world. I have lots of opinions and I really want to just put them out there into the world and (laughs) share them. Um, hopefully some people agree with me, maybe some people disagree with me, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> and yeah, so I did also want to mention that I personally have only seen a handful of musicals in person, and I want to recognize that there's a big difference between watching a musical, being in the room, seeing it live, compared to listening to the soundtrack and other things like that to get involved. Um, so when I'm talking about shows, I'll try and make it as clear as possible if I'm talking about it from a perspective of seeing the show and witnessing it versus, um, like just hearing the soundtrack for it. When I'm talking about a show that I haven't seen in person, most of the time what I'm going off of is a soundtrack, other released footage from the musical, like professionally recorded things. Um, and then most of the time bootlegs as well, which are (laughs) pretty spicy, but I will hopefully talk about that in another episode. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm going off of if I haven't seen the show. And again, I'll try to make it as clear as possible if I have seen it in person and just kind of we'll go from there. But yeah, so I wanted to start today's episode nice and easy, just going over kind of my top five favorite musicals of all time. I think what you will find from A, just this list, but then also beyond that, like, the rest of the show, is that I am a really big fan of modern musicals. I like and I listen to shows that are more classic Broadway, but I love modern. I think they're so great. (laughs) Most of the shows, even, like, just currently looking at the list, are probably have all been made in, like, the last 10 years. One of them is a little bit older, but even then it's from the 2000s, so it really kind of shows where I'm coming from when I talk about this stuff. So starting off with number five, I have Wicked. Um, I have seen Wicked in person. I was pretty young when I saw it. Uh, This is the first musical I saw in person and I saw it live, so it's really kind of holds a special place in my heart, which is really cool. Um, But yeah, most of what I'm going off of is kind of memory. I think I was like 10 when I saw it, so it's kind of my memory, but it's also as I mentioned, bootlegs, soundtrack, clips from the, that the musical has released, and just different things like that. So Wicked tells the story, it's a prequel to The Wizard of Oz, it tells the story of Glinda the Good Witch and Elphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West. It talks about their upbringing and shows how they kind of become who they're supposed to be and who they are in The Wizard of Oz. Um, the book is by Stephen Schwartz. It is I would argue it's a very, very recognizable musical. Um, Most people know it. And I just wanted to point out, because I cannot talk about how good this show is without bringing up the amazing original Broadway cast of truly Kristen Chenoweth and Adina Menzel. 
they are mind-blowing the soundtrack alone is so so good and they're just so talented they really bring life to the show and you could tell that some of the character parts and traits you could see that it was like they got certain things from Kristen Chenoweth and that is how Glinda shaped into who she was and yes these like these two women really made those roles iconic and well-known and then what has been really successful beyond that is that the creators of the show have then taken many, many, many replacements and had a slew of iconic actors taking over, and that includes Annalie Ashford and Cara Lindsay as Glinda and Stephanie J. Block, who has since won a Tony, and Lindsay Mendez as Elphaba, and they really ultimately just add, like, having those talented actors taking on these roles adds to the show and just makes it better and more enjoyable. Uh, what I also want to talk about is how iconic the songs are. I think, obviously, when you're talking about Wicked, there's two songs that everybody knows, and that's Defying Gravity and Popular. Both are amazing. That one, the one note from, Wic- from Defying Gravity that everybody really can recognize and instantly be like, oh yeah, that's this song, is so hard to reach and so impossible. So like, hats off to every actress who has ever hit that note and done it. It's so beautiful. And then Popular is like, I kind of think of the two songs as like equal and opposite um, because they have just like polarizing vibes and like energies. But (laughs) Popular is just such a like upbeat and like cheerful song. And it's so good. It's so cute. And it really shows off um, the character of Glinda really well. And it kind of helps show her like transition and her story arc throughout the show and who she becomes. But then I think also beyond that, you have really great songs like For Good and uh, Dancing Through Life, which helps show off Fiero, who's a character that I also love. The show, beyond the amazing music and cast members, has brilliant, brilliant costumes and sets. Uh, Emerald City as a whole looks so spectacular. It's so, like, it's just so noticeable and so bright and brilliant when you watch it, when you see it. And then they have... For costumes, I just the character of Glinda is so beautiful. Like her her dress in po- popular, her pink dress that she wears, um, her blue dress in the bubble scene, which is again so brilliant that she's coming down from the stage. It just looks gorgeous. And then obviously the whole part of Defying Gravity, where you have Elphaba up in the air flying, and she has the giant cape behind her. Like it's so recognizable and so brilliant, and it absolutely makes the musical stand out as what it is. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of it for Wicked. Coming in at number four, I have Spring Awakening, uh, which has the book and music by Stephen Slater and Duncan Shake, who are a pair that I really love. They also wrote Alice by Heart, which is a great musical. (laughs) Um, But Spring Awakening tells the story of teenagers coming of age in the late 1800s in Germany. They're dealing with so many things. They're dealing with um, their sexuality, pressures from parents and the musical overall highlights the dangers of censorship and kind of what that can create for kids trying to learn. Um, I think it's a really great show. The music is so beautiful and it creates the emotions and it makes this emotional connection with the audience and it's really just I think that connection is really there because of the music ultimately. Um, the cast is an amazing original Broadway cast, so the show is not still running, um, but it had, the original Broadway cast was so talented. It was 
Jonathan Groff, Leah Michelle, Skylar Aston, Gideon Glick, like just to name a few who have all gone on to see great success. And they really helped to kind of solidify the show and make it what it is today. Um, I think aside from the main plot and the main kind of like love story, if you will, I don't really know if it's a love story. Like I, I wouldn't really qualify it as one, but the main kind of relationship between the two main characters is that it has so many brilliant side stories to it that are really, I would say like you see them to their kind of completion, um, which sometimes you don't really get is like, there will be a subplot of musical and then it's just kind of left hanging. Um, but I really like how Spring Awakening kind of ties it up and makes it understandable and then it really from there they can talk about different perspectives like talking about sexuality abusive parents um pressures about like school and being suicidal and it really ultimately like enriches the show and makes it so much deeper um and obviously i cannot talk about spring awakening without bringing up the revival of spring awakening which is deaf west spring awakening so uh it's done by a deaf west company it uses the theme, so it has characters who are deaf, and it uses deaf actors, which is really great. Um, but what I love about it is that it uses the theme, like it takes, it really plays with kind of who is deaf, who can hear, who can sign, who can read lips, who can really, it bridges, like it uses that communication as a way to play into the theme of censorship. Of it's like, oh, these characters are having the world around them censored because nobody can communicate with them because they really don't try to communicate and it adds just like a whole other kind of level to the show and it really makes it brilliant and that company was also so talented you have Alex Boniello who is the voice of Moritz you have Andy Mientis you have Catherine Gallagher who have all gone on to be on Broadway on numerous occasions and that's not even like that's just the beginning of that cast and it was just so well done and I really love Spring Awakening if you have a chance to check it out please do I have not seen this one in person. I was not really, I was pretty young when it kind of was like on Broadway and on tour and stuff like that. So I hope it goes on tour again so that I can check it out. But I have seen, I listen to the soundtrack all the time and I have seen a couple of bootlegs of it. And moving right along, we have a newer musical. It's probably the most recent on the list. Um, it's Six the Musical, which I had the honor of seeing when it came to Canada. And I love it. It was started on the West End it came to the US and Canada, did like a little bit of a tour kind of thing, and then it was supposed to open on Broadway. Unfortunately, the night they were scheduled to open, Broadway shut down because of COVID, so that really sucks, but I'm sure that the show will be back once live theater can come back and it is safe. Um, but the show tells the story of the six wives of Henry VIII, and they are all trying to prove that they had the worst possible experience with him. Uh, it is written by Lucy Moss and Toby Marlowe, who are both in their early 20s, as a little fun fact, and I think they really use their age to bring the show into the modern era. It talks about and it references all these things that happened in like the 1500s, you know? So it's not really, you're like, oh, there might be like a disconnect between like viewers and the show, and I would say that that is arguably something they don't deal with because it ha talks about modern issues it talks about things that we're still experiencing in this, in this day and age so it really kind of helps connect with the audience through that um and then kind of beyond that what i think really stands out about the musical is that it only has a 90 minute runtime every other show on the list um as is most common with musicals they have about a two and a half hour runtime with an intermission six doesn't have an intermission it's just 90 minutes 
and it also has a more concert feel to it so I think that that also can help you connect with the characters because you don't have like a little pause where you're mulling over what happened and you're kind of like pointing out things that you're like oh that was like a little odd or like oh I wonder like you don't have that pause to be with your thoughts and think about it you're just watching it and you're like oh this was so great um and I think that it ultimately just helps you connect with the show the music also really adds to that it is essentially six solos and then three group songs it's very short they are all really good solos the music is so well done I love a good solo more than anybody else um and it's so good it's just really it helps you they explain character arcs really well I would say a lot of these characters have a good character arc considering in this setup of the show they might not uh, but they do, and that's a really great addition to it. What I absolutely love the most about this is that it is such a feminist, iconic show. Like, it's so, it really preaches feminism and the importance of women and the importance of healthy female friendships, which is something that I think is not spoken about enough on Broadway um, and obviously should be spoken about way more. So that's a really cool addition that they have. There's one male character even slightly mentioned in the show and who isn't even in it. Like, it's, all, it's a full female cast, and in that respect, it really shows off a narrative that I think is often ignored on Broadway, which is a female-driven narrative. Most shows, I would say even most shows that are on this list, aside from Wicked, focus on a male point of view and a male perspective, which is fine, but it's about, like, it's we're living in a modern age, you should have more diverse stories, and I think this is a really great example of that. So if you do have the chance to check it out once live theater comes back, I would absolutely recommend it. Uh, until then, there's also a cast or a soundtrack you can listen to. So, moving right along to number two, I have a musical that I am sure everybody has heard about. Uh, <laughs> I have Hamilton, which I did get to see. I saw it in New York, which was super cool. Um, but then they also have this really awesome thing that they filmed a stage production of it with the original Broadway company, and it's on Disney Plus, and absolutely check it out. Um, <laughs> I would like to point out. This musical does not need me singing its praises. It is so good. Everyone knows it is so good. It's just, it's like, that's a fact, I think. This is really probably one of the defining musicals of the decade. It is really going to go down in history as an iconic show. It is not going to be soon forgotten. Um, so in case you don't know, uh, it tells the story of the foundation of America, specifically the life of Alexander Hamilton, who is the first treasury secretary. But it also mentions these other founding fathers and it mentions their wives, which is a really cool perspective that I think has been historically left out. Like, I, I did not know who Elizabeth Schuyler was and I had no idea who Angelica Schuyler was. So that was like a really cool addition that they had. Um, so uh, the book and the music were done by Lin-Manuel Miranda with Alex Lacamoire also working on the music. He also starred as Hamilton in the original Broadway company. The Broadway production, the original cast was so talented. It had Lin-Manuel Miranda, Chris Jackson, Davi Diggs, Anthony Ramos, um, Philippa Sue, Renee Elise Goldsberry, Jasmine Cephas Jones. It was so brilliant. But what really kind of helps, makes this show stand out is how diverse it is. Um, the music is so brilliant, but it also, it mixes a sound of rap music with R&B, with musical theater. And that's really a sound you don't hear on Broadway. Um, I would say the only other shows that kind of have this sound to it are other Lin-Manuel Miranda shows. Uh, and I think that that is something that 
really like the fact that he is a person of color and that most of the cast is a person of color I think that's where it makes it more unique and that's where it helps enrich the show and make it ultimately just better um I believe this is correct but I'm pretty sure there's only two white actors in the whole show and that is somebody who plays the king and somebody who plays Samuel Seabury and like an ensemble and that really just highlights like how important diversity is to the show and this cast and this creative team which is brilliant because ultimately Broadway is an industry that is dominated by um, white people so it's really really cool to see shows that are more prominently people of color. Um, I think what I also really love about the show is that it has really great sub stories to it so yes it does follow the life of Alexander Hamilton but it also talks about Angelica Schuyler and it talks about um, the Marquis de Lafayette and like different characters that you really wouldn't think about like you become attached to these characters because they're mentioned and they have these great songs and you're like oh my gosh like Angelica's so cool and she's such a feminist and like I love her and it's just because it like they really follow through and they follow through with their character arcs is I think what kind of makes it um some characters do suffer from that a little bit is that they just aren't in the second act so you can't really see them to their fullest but I think it's really great um, and the last thing I want to mention about Hamilton, but I could go on forever about it, is, and this is something that I really, really love, is that there's so many small details that you will not notice on the first listen. Honestly, I have been listening to this show since 2015, when it first came out, and there's still things that to this day I'm like, oh, I never realized that, or I didn't interpret that that way, and it's really, really cool, and I think it, that really ultimately just adds to the show and makes it more in-depth and can kind of create like a personal connection to it like you're able to interpret different parts of the show like at the end there's like a big gasp and everyone can interpret what that means in their eyes and I think that that kind of is a really cool way of making the show more personal and feeling like a good connection to the show and that's ultimately what makes it a little bit stronger and keeps bringing people back to go see it um as I mentioned this show is so good I love it. Everyone, I think, knows about it. Uh, You can check it out. You can listen to the soundtrack. There's a bunch of tours. It's in the West End, and it's on Broadway. I think it'll be on Broadway for a long time uh, once theater comes back. And beyond that, they do have a filmed stage production that is on Disney+. Plus. It does not suffer from a musical-to-movie adaptation because it is just directly the stage. It is what people who saw who saw Hamilton on opening night it is what these people would have seen it's the same thing so I would highly 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 recommend checking that out and before we get to number one I just wanted to talk about some honorable mentions I have three so these are in no particular order but I have newsies I have said it before I will say it again I love a good tap number I King of New York is so brilliant the cast is so 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 talented they all just brings something different to the show and I think it's really great I wish it got a revival or a longer tour or something there it is now but they do have a film stage production on Disney plus as well so I'd highly recommend checking that out uh, aside from that number two I have Heather's the musical uh, this show has seen both a West End version and a UK and um, uh, an off-Broadway version the off-Broadway version starred Barrett Wilbert Reed and Ryan McCartan who are now kind of well-known Broadway stars, and the UK version starred Carrie Hope Fletcher, who is so talented, and I love her so much. I vastly prefer the UK version. I think it adds to the characters. 
Uh, I will probably talk about the comparison between the two more later on. Um, it is so brilliant, so that is an honorable mention. And lastly, I have The Prom, which is such a great musical. It is a Casey Nicola show, and it kinda, it's kind of like a musical by theater kids for theater kids. Um, it also has a lesbian love story, which is great. <laughs> I absolutely love to see that. Um, and it was very recently made into a movie music, uh, like a movie adaptation, which I will probably talk about next week because I have a lot of opinions about that. Uh, but the movie, the musical itself is really good, and I highly recommend you check out the soundtrack for that. Uh, and so with that, we are moving on to number one. This is my favorite musical ever, and it is Dear Evan Hansen. I have been so fortunate to see Dear Evan Hansen twice. I saw it once on Broadway, and I saw it once on tour when it came to my city, and I love it. I cried both times I saw it. It is so good. I highly, highly, highly recommend you listen to the soundtrack or something. It's so good. The show tells the story of a boy who's struggling with anxiety, ultimately telling a lie when a fellow student commits suicide, and it is all in an attempt to fit in and feel like he belongs. Um, I, the book is by Steven Slater, and the music is by Ben Pasek and Justin Paul, who are a brilliant writing duo. They also did um, La La Land, which they won an Oscar for, um, and this, their music is just so well done. I cannot speak highly enough about the music. I think it is so, 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 so well done. It really helps you connect to the characters, and it helps you, like, it's, it conveys emotions so well, better than a lot of musicals I have heard. You really can sense how the characters are feeling um, just throughout the show, and based on, like, the melody of the song, it conveys the emotion, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, what I also really love about the music is that it has a lot of symbolism in it. Like, a lot of people don't like some of the songs because it doesn't make sense, but it's really deeply rooted in symbolism, and that is why it's, that's why it kind of, you're like, oh, this is a little bit odd, but when you really sit down and think about it, it just adds a whole other layer to the show, which is brilliant. The play has also had a really, really great cast with it, so its original Broadway cast had Ben Platt starring as Evan, who absolutely deserves a Tony. He gave everything to that show, and it just, it's reflected. It's so well done. Um, but aside from him, you also have Rachel Bay Jones, Michael Park, Laura Dreyfus, Mike Feist, Will Rowland, and Jennifer Laura Thompson as the rest of the cast, all of whom are so talented and just really do an excellent job as portraying their roles. Uh, but beyond this, they've also had really great replacements. So as Evan, they've had Jordan Fisher, Andrew Barth Feldman, Taylor Trench, uh, who have all done an amazing job taking over the role. Um, and they've also had Alex Boniello taking over as Connor Murphy and Sky Lakota Lynch taking over as Jared Kleinman, who both did phenomenal jobs in their roles. Um, they really did a good job of kind of taking these rooted characters that we've seen and we've liked from a different actor and kind of making it their own while still staying true to the material, which is a really hard job to do. And the last kind of little thing I want to mention about the show, while still staying true to the material, which is a really, really tricky job to do, and they pull it off so well. Uh, uh, another thing that I want to add is that there are really a limited number of characters in the show, which I think ultimately kind of helps viewers connect with the show and the characters a lot more, and each character does a really great job of kind of like showing 
little bits of everybody's personality within themselves so you can often watch the musical and be like oh I see this part of myself in Evan I see this part of myself in Zoe I see this part of myself in any other character like it's really interesting and really well done in that way and just kind of beyond that the last little thing I want to add is that um what the show highlights really really well in my opinion is that no one character is a good person per se um I think that they all have their flaws and they're all on display at one point or another and that really ultimately helps kind of highlight this theme that nobody is perfect everybody is trying their best everybody is going through their own thing and that kind of overall helps to convey the message of the show and it's really well done so if you want to check out the show you can listen to the soundtrack which is available on all streaming platforms the company like the production team also is really great at putting out different videos of new cast members singing songs or like the west end production singing something and that's really great that's a really good way to kind of see people who weren't in the original company so hearing um andrew bar feldman jordan fisher the west end company who i've just mentioned they are very well done but the show also beyond that had a north american tour that was going on they're on broadway i do not think they will be closing on broadway anytime soon and they have a west end production um hopefully that will all kind of get started up soon and you can check it out and that concludes this week's episode thank you all so much for tuning in please join me next week i will be doing a review of the prom ryan murphy's adaptation of it i am so excited to keep going with this um I haven't really developed like a publishing schedule yet, so I will let you guys know when I come up with one, and yeah, please tune in!